When it comes to video, we're able to put up with pretty much a lot. Shaky video, bad light, but bad audio is just way too frustrating and we're simply gonna switch off and move to the next video. But when we start looking for better audio, we very, very quickly realize that we have to start learning a brand new language. There is cardio, these patterns, there's gains, there's all these terms, technologies that we need to understand to get the right equipment. So what do you do? What do you do is you listen to this episode of Tube Talk where we break down all your audio requirements. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. And welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. My name is Liron Segev. I am a tech blogger, a YouTuber, and the director of customer success here at vidIQ, where every day I help brands and creators big and small level up their channel, get more subscribers, and more views. And one way of doing this is leveling up your quality of your video by investing in audio. But what do you get? I mean, when you look online, equipment is really, really cheap or really, really expensive with everything in between. So how do we know what to get? And more importantly, how do we get the right microphone that's going to do the job for the application that we want? Well, Laura Davidson, the marketing development specialist at Sure is here to give us all the answers of every possible question we've ever asked about mics, no pressure. And she's gonna, <laughs> Laura, welcome to Tube Talk. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no pressure, right? Yeah, no, nothing at all. So we're going to get to the hard stuff. No, no. So let's, Laura, kind of give us like a two-second overview. Um, where do you fit into the picture with Sure? Who is Sure? Gotcha. All right. So Sure has been around for 94 years. So a little bit of time. Uh, and we got our start. Uh, we've always been a US-based company based outside of Chicago in Niles. Um, and got our start in broadcasting um, and PA systems when they started to get too big for people to be heard on like stages and venues got too big. Uh, we made mics that actually amplified people without uh, feeding back horribly. So that was kind of what we became known for. And um, we've since gone on to create some of the most legendary microphones that you've seen. Um, Elvis used our mics. Uh, all the we've, music. We've heard of him. Yeah, we've heard of him. We're familiar. <laughs> uh, and, and bands all over the place. I mean, it's the SM58 is kind of our, our industry standard uh, dynamic vocal microphone. And so we make that, but we also make wonderful other things for podcasters and content creators and people who like to listen to music. We make headphones and earphones. Not many know that. So my job is to kind of uh, go out into the world and, and tell people about the brand who might not be familiar and those who are, let them know that we make a full range of other cool things. Some other cool audio stuff for your ears. Yes. yes. Okay. So if now let's put ourselves in the driver's seat. I know I need better audio. I've, okay, I've, I've listened. I've heard you. You've convinced me, I, but but where do I even start? Because I see on your website, you got this little wizard at the top saying, hey, what do you want your mic for? Is mm. there really such a difference in the mics depending on what you're going to be using them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. There's a few things to take into consideration. The application is where you want to start, which is why we made our website the way that it is, where you can say, okay, I'm going to be using it in performance and production. So then you would kind of go to, am I using it for voice or speech or uh, miking an instrument? Because each one of those applications is going to require 
a different type of mic. And we make microphones that can capture several different types of things, but mm -hmm. it's a good place to start. Okay, I'm going to use this for podcasting. So you know that you want something that is going to be able to capture the human voice very well. So the frequency response is going to be nice and um, tailored for that. And we can get into that in a bit because that's a little geeky. Um, but you know, if you want to, if you know that you want to use it for speech, you want something that's not going to have, uh, especially for podcasting, not a lot of plosives. So those P's right. coming through. Um, and so what I'm talking through right now is something called the SM7B, and you're talking through one as well, I believe. I am. And it's a microphone that's been around since the 80s. Uh, Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on this microphone. Wow. And here we are today still using it because it's got this amazing response that captures the details and richness of pretty much everyone's voice. It's kind of, uh, <laughs> it's kind of insane, actually. Application is critical. So if I know I'm going to be recording music, different things. If I'm going to be recording just purely as chatting, that's the application. If I'm going to be recording my YouTube video clips and maybe I'm mobile, well, that's a different mic altogether. So yes. we have to start with what, basically asking ourselves the question, what's the primary usage of this mic? Yes, that's a great place to start. Okay. So assuming I now know that. So let's say it's for, I want to capture lots of audio. Um, but I don't want all this background music. I'm going to be doing it on the go. So I'll be at events. And you know, events are buzzing with Wi-Fi's and everybody else, chat, lots of chatter. How do I make sure that I'm going to be able to capture the person I'm interviewing or me doing my vlogging style? I, I believe it's like some sort of patterns I need to look out for. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So the polar patterns are what that's called. And we have some great videos that you can go online and find just about mic basics, but okay. essentially the polar pattern is how the microphone picks up the signal. And there's uh, the cardioid pickup pattern is the most common, and that's the one that is called cardioid because it's shaped like a heart. So think cardio. Uh, cardio heart, okay. Right, and that one is, is directional. So what that means is it's not gonna pick up all things coming into it. It's gonna pick up uh, what's coming into the front of the mic a little bit on the side, but once you go off axis or behind the mic, uh, it's not gonna pick up. So that one's really great for doing things like this, where we're talking mm -hmm. directly into the mic, not moving around a lot. Uh, but it's also great for stage use because it, because it's so directional, it's not going to pick up the band or the right. ambient sound as much as something like an omnidirectional mic, which picks up, as omni implies, all around or everything. So, yeah, you have to take that into consideration um, so that you know how close you're going to be miking your source. That's the second kind of thing to take in, into consideration. After you figure out what you're going to use it for, uh, you figure out like how how you're going to use it in the field or based on the source that you're using and on mm -hmm. how close you need to get to it. The the most common is your cardioid. And then omnidirectional is typically used in like a lav, a, a lavalier mic that you would clip onto your shirt to do interviews. Right. Um, it news anchor it style that you see on TV. Exactly. Or um, for the stage, if you're in theater, yes. we use omnidirectional lav mics. Uh, we make a cool series called Twinplex, which just came out, which everyone should Google if you're using any sort of miking any sort of theater applications. It's unbelievable. Um, but there's also um, super cardioid, which is an even tighter pickup pattern than the cardioid. 
And that one's really great for vocals and stage vocals because it's even more focused. So you get even less bleed from the stage or the ambient noise um, and more focus on the source going directly into it. Uh, there's also a, a hypercardioid, which goes one step further <laughs> than that. Um, and there's a little bit of bleed that goes out the back of that because it's hard to explain, but if you think of the, the cardioid or the pickup pattern as kind of like a balloon, if you mm -hmm. squeeze the balloon in the middle, a little bit is going to shoot out the bottom, right? So you'll right, have right, right. on the bottom. So as you tighten your balloon or your pickup pattern, <laughs> the, some of the pickup pattern shoots out the back and that would be kind mm -hmm. of like hypercardioid. So that one's great for stage, but it can be more prone to feedback. So you just have to take that into consideration. If you are using it in a louder band scenario, it's not always the best, um, but it is amazing on the voice. Uh, and then bi-directional, which um, you're familiar with, with the yes. MV88 Plus. Oh, which, yes. <laughs> which is essentially, it's, it's two directions. So you have one microphone with two surfaces of pickup, the front and the back of the microphone. Um, and that's handy for interviewing, definitely interviewing uh, in mm -hmm. the field especially. So you don't have to bust out two mics. You can use the MV88 Plus and get you on one side and me on the other. So, so thinking your your balloon kind of example, it's almost you squeezing the middle, right? And you get some on the left and some on the right, and kind of we both come across beautiful and clear. Yes, exactly. Yep, and uh, there's also different types of microphones too, which we can get into as far oh, as yeah. dynamic and condenser. But we'll get there. But um, <laughs> but yeah, bi-directional is just a great pickup pattern for capturing two sound sources from one mic, so you won't have independent tracks of said audio, but mm -hmm. just a great thing to use if you don't want to lug a bunch of equipment around. Yep. So great, like grab and go. This is perfect. Um, I have personally used this many times, the um, 88 plus I've stuck it into my, in straight into my phone. I've shot interviews in the field. It was a last minute thing. It was unexpected, had an opportunity to interview a very high profile individual. And there was simply no time to go and set up and get equipment. These people are on the go. You either do it on the spot or you lose the opportunity. Mm -hmm. I set this thing out. Within seconds, I was ready to go, and the quality was unbelievable. So definitely two thumbs up and endorsement on that one. Absolutely. <laughs> we appreciate uh, So now we have the patterns. Right. Now you mentioned condensers, and that is some, it gets even weirder. <laughs> yes. So that's okay. the actual the type of the microphone itself. So how changing sound into an electrical signal, essentially. Okay. So the dynamic is the most common, and that's like our SM58, stage microphones, handheld microphones. Those are dynamic, and the way that it works is there's a diaphragm, a very thin piece of material. You speak or sing into it, and it makes it vibrate physically from the sound waves coming from the source, mm -hmm. which it's then attached to a magnetic coil that's centered around a magnet, and when you move and move it with those sound waves, it moves the coil up and down around the magnet, creating a magnetic field, which then transfers that signal down the cable to your board and or into your oops into your DAW. And um, yeah, that's how it does it. So it's it's pretty basic, but it's uh, actually kind of complex when you get into <laughs> the nitty gritty. And and that what you said that was dynamic. Yep, that's dynamic because um, it's. Okay. The dynamic movement that creates. Got the you, got you. 
Okay. So, and, and at its base, a microphone is a transducer and a transducer is just taking signal or sound and creating an electrical signal. It's transducing it, changing its form. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's the one way of doing it, the dynamic way. Mm -hmm. The other type, the most common type, is condenser. And a condenser is essentially, it takes the magnet out of the equation. And it uses a very thin diaphragm, even thinner than the dynamic. And it's surrounded by, instead of the magnet, um, electrically charged uh, plates, basically. So you sing through or speak through the microphone and mm -hmm. it will move that thin diaphragm and create this electrical charge which goes through and typically requires phantom power to uh, get the signal transferred into an electronic signal. Now that we have a science lesson, which nobody was expecting. Right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, 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 but I, I, I love it because I want to understand this because the more we understand it, the better choices we're going to make. This is why I love what you say. I want to know the difference. How, why would I choose dynamic over condenser or condenser over dynamic? Or would I choose one or the other? Yes, you would choose one over the other. Uh, condenser <laughs> microphones are, tend to be more sensitive uh, because they don't uh -huh. require as much sound to move the diaphragm. And because they don't have that mechanical weight of the magnet in there to physically move, they're much more sensitive. So condenser microphones tend to be used more in studio application where they're in a controlled environment because they're more sensitive. So you don't want to bring them out. You don't want to upset them. <laughs> don't want to upset them. You don't want to use um, what we call high SPL, sound pressure level. Um, you know, like miking up drums with a condenser you can do, but you tend to want to use a dynamic because it can take a lot more punch gotcha. down through it without distorting or hurting the diaphragm. So something to consider. Right. So in a control environment where it's going to be on a stand, on a mic stand, it's going to be permanently mic'd up, you're not moving it around too much, then condenser is going to be a better option. And dynamic, would I use that maybe as my field recording? Right, exactly. Okay. And then going back to the patterns, couldn't you get a condenser that's cardioid or a condenser that is omni? Yes, absolutely. Yes, you can. Uh -huh. So the two are actually separate. So patterns is one thing, mm -hmm. and then the type of mic is actually something separate. And they, they and you kind of you pick the best application, the best mic, and whether you're mobile or stationary, and all those things come into effect. And now together you make up a combination of the best possible solution that you could get exactly okay so this is okay we're getting there we're unpacking this slowly but right. now you did mention something called phantom power and i ha did see that some mics require it some don't require it what is this phantom power what yes. is it the phantom power i it's not it's basically it's just giving um direct current to microphones requiring electric power so uh, uh. That's yeah. a bit of a letdown. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's not very exciting. So it's it can either be done through a battery in the mic, which not many of those, not many mics use those anymore. But we mm -hmm. still we still have some that do. Um, or the power, this DC power, is provided by your mixer or your preamp, and it's delivered to the microphone through the cable. And so that's that's why sometimes you'll see gotcha. requires phantom power and you'll see a plus 48 V. And that just means that it's typically needing 48 volts of power 
to get the mic enough juice and signal so that it can be it can be heard. Because dynamic don't require phantom, right? Correct. Okay, so I've got to see. I'm learning. So condenser <laughs> mic requires phantom power, and not all do, but some some that do. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do, are we saying if I don't give it that phantom power, is the mic essentially just useless and off? Or is it going to be very low levels? It won't work. Essentially. Okay. Because remember how we talked about how condenser microphones have those electrically charged plates instead yes. of magnet. So it's providing that electrical charge. Got you. Okay. So essentially it's power. I mean. It's power. Phantom Okie dokie. Uh, I, I was really thinking this is going to be this is an amazing thing, and uh, but uh, whatever. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I have power. I now have a condenser mic. I have chosen cardioid, and I'm going to be recording this amazing sound and quality. But then I look at the back of the mic. I'm about to plug it in, and then I see I've got something called an XLR, and then I've got a USB option. Which one do I go for? Well, that's, again, use case scenario. Um, okay. I tend to recommend going with an XLR just because it's, it's just more versatile. I can plug it into my um, Apollo Twin. I can plug it into a soundboard and use it in live scenarios. I mean, if it is a condenser mic, like you mm-hmm. said, you're going to be using it in the studio. Um, but, you know, you, you need to just determine what you're going for. So if you know you're going to be mobile, then I'd say go with a USB connected mic, like our Motive line of mics. Those are all made for creators who want to be able to capture great sounding audio without a mixer, without any other devices. They want to plug right into their phone or their computer and be good to go. But if you want something that can do that through your Apollo Twin or through your interface of choice, then Mm -hmm. go XLR. Okay, so we have the USB option. We can stick into our computer. Um, I have the XLR, I can stick it into something. But you also mentioned something called a preamp. Yes. What's a preamp? What's a preamp? So a preamp is kind of exactly what it says, preamplification. So it takes a weak electronic signal and basically boosts it so that it can be amplified and converts it into a signal that's going to be loud enough or strong enough um, for further processing. And this is where like the whole gains things come into play? Yeah. So you plug in your microphone into your interface. And mm-hmm. again, I'm using this Apollo Twin. And I adjust the preamp by touching the preamp button and turning up the signal, turning up the gain of the microphone so that it has more uh, power going into my workstation, into my recording software, GarageBand, mm-hmm. I use Cubase, whatever you're using. The higher quality preamp you have the more effective the microphone is going to work, the better it's going to sound. Okay, so now I have a different scenario. Let me throw something else at you. I'm Mm -hmm. out in the field. So we've spoken about kind of I'm in my office, I'm in the studio, I'm doing podcast interviews, I can control the environment completely, well, as best as I can, and now I understand the kind of equipment I need. However, when I'm out in the field, I've got my mobile recorder, I want to go and do interviews on site, Do I go wired? Do I go wireless? What's my best options here? Well, if you're going to be changing your locations all the time, I would Mm -hmm. recommend sticking with a wired microphone if you can. Reason being, when you're going wireless, there's a bunch of things you have to take into consideration to ensure that the microphone is going to work. One of them is line of sight. 
which mm-hmm. your application would be fine because you'd be standing in close proximity to whomever you're interviewing or whatever you're doing. <laughs> but if you, yeah, if your line of sight is impaired, it will cause dropouts because the mic and the um, receiver need to see each other. <laughs> so, so yeah. um, but then also, depending on where you are, if there are other uh, frequencies in the area that are taken up by television stations or this new 600 megahertz crunch that all the uh, mobile devices cram their way into, mm-hmm. have less bandwidth and frequency bandwidth options to broadcast in. So let's say you're traveling all over the country, those frequencies change depending on where you are. So you might be broadcasting and getting your audio fine and then a TV station could jump in there or you know you might not know that the emergency band transmits on the band that your microphone right. is currently transmitting to. So it's a, it's just a lot more complicated if you're going to be going out and interviewing people and you want to be able to just get set up and ready to rock. Mm-hmm. Wired is, is a great way to go. I prefer hand-holding my mics, and I know that where I'm pointing it, that's where it's going to pick up the best, the best signal. What, right. what kind of, of if, I'm, okay, so if I'm hand-holding a mic, what is a good mic kind of from the sure range that you would say is robust? What's a good field mic that I should be looking at? SM58, definitely. Didn't, didn't even have to think about that. SM58. No. No, I mean, you can, it's famous for, there's videos of people hammering in a nail and then plugging it in and it still passes audio. <laughs> we've done, you know, beer tests where we've left it sitting in a glass of beer for days and it still works. I mean, we don't recommend these things, but it's right. just really durable. It has this amazing internal shock mount that reduces handling noise. So you don't have that like yes. rustle when you're moving things around between you and your subject. Uh, and it's just because of that tight pattern. Like, you, like we said earlier, you're not going to pick up a ton of the other things around you, but you'll still get that context so it doesn't sound too sterile. Um, yeah. And there are, there are other microphones that we make that are specifically for interview, and those are great too. But I just, I love the 58, I love the price point, I love the durability and the ease of use and form factor. And durability is key because you want to throw something into your camera bag, you're going to stick your camera, you're going to stick all your lenses, you're going to stick your your kind of recorder, you want something that's going to hold up against the test of time. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to do is arrive on site and then know that something is broken. So right. durability is pretty key. And you also mentioned a shock mount. Now, can we just, just explain what that is? And, and you can use a shock mount in studio. You can have a shock. Can I, just tell us what a shock mount is. Yeah. So a shock mount is something that holds the microphone um, in the studio, in that case, holds the microphone free of being attached to the stand itself. It kind of suspends it in air so mm-hmm. that you can, um, it, it's only going to accept the signal or that's going into it as opposed to any sort of external vibrations or stimulus. So it's, uh, is that a good definition? I don't even yeah, know. I like it. <laughs> Essentially, so whenever you, you bump kind of your table or whenever you're going to make some external noise, you want none of that to transfer through to your audio, right? Right. And I cannot overemphasize enough how this is important. This is, I have seen interviews literally being deleted and binned simply because the interviewer wasn't holding the mic in a certain way, wasn't stable with it. And all you can hear is finger tap, finger tap, mics moving up <laughs> and down. 
And that's pretty much, it's done. I mean, there's literally, you cannot salvage that. All right, so Laura, as we kind of wrapping things up, my, uh, my head's full of knowledge. I now know what I'm going to do, or I think at least I know what I'm going to be looking out for. Are there any other tips or tricks that you can give us newbies before we push that buy button, before we hit your website to know what we're going to get? Yes, I, I would say the best tip is to go and try the microphones if you can. Um, just like any instrumentalist tries a million guitars before <laughs> settle on the 20 that they're going to have, um, you, you need to go out there and, and see how it feels, how it reacts to your voice, and try it around the store if they'll let you with your field recorder uh, because you want to make sure that it's picking up the way that you want it to pick up and not every microphone sounds the same on every voice um, you can read recommendations where it's like oh i sounded like very white after using the sm7b or you know so whatever insert cool voice here right. but want to sound like very white you know you want to sound <laughs> brighter than that or something so every mic reacts to the voice differently. There are some that are tuned specifically for voice, but I would right. just say try before you buy if you can. Okay, that's a great tip. As we all do, we all read reviews, we watch YouTube videos, and this is why some people would swear by a certain kind of mic, and the exact same mic will get a different response from another person, but essentially it could just be boiled down to the person themselves. They that's might awesome. just sound horrible on a certain mic because that's just the way they sound. Right. And certain mics are made to react or tend to perform better for female vocalists as opposed to male. Right. And the same goes for speech as well. So something to take into consideration. Okay, cool. So that's a great, great, great tip. Right. Uh, but it's a, great, it's a great idea. Test your voice on a mic before you finally commit to one. Um, it is a tool at the end of the day. It's a tool like your camera is. It's just a tool but you want to get the right tool for the job that you want to do. You also mentioned at the beginning that some mics can do multiple jobs. Kind of, They are very good at doing the one thing, but will they also kind of be okay and more than okay to do other kind of jobs? Or are we going to be kind of purchasing three, four, five different mics, depending on what we're going to be doing? No, you don't, you don't have to. If, if your budget is limited, there are some some mics that'll perform multiple tricks, so to speak. <laughs> uh, you know, for example, the MV88 Plus, it's a video kit. It has selectable polar patterns, and that's what makes that one really fun because you can, for example, set it to cardioid pickup pattern, do um, an interview, mm -hmm. set it to stereo pattern, and it will pick up the context of where you are because it's stereo dual channel picking up the, you know, all the ambient sounds. And then you are lucky enough to get that interview. So you switch it up to bi-directional and mm -hmm. then you're in one channel and your subjects in the other. So, you know, it's like three, there's actually a fourth polar pattern too um, called raw midside, but you, you have three microphones essentially in your right. pocket. And so that one's not a one trick pony. And that I tend to recommend to most content creators who want to be able to have flexibility in a number of different situations. And again, um, I, I can attest that it does work like it says on the box. I mean, you literally go into the app, push a button, or swipe even. You're not even pushing buttons. You're swiping to the left, swiping to the right. It dynamically changes the pattern instantly, and you simply hit record. It's just ridiculously simple, which is what I, I love about that. 
yeah audio app and video version of the app as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I've used it for podcasting on the go and I've used it for literally videos on the go and they work just beautifully across all applications. Where can we get more information? So you can go to shore.com, that's S-H-U-R-E, for those of you not familiar with who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, start the application journey right from the beginning. What are you going to be using it for? And let that website guide your way. And that'll give you all the information you need. We have tons of YouTube videos, webinars that you can access that give you tips and tricks, um, and mic techniques. There's all kinds of information on how to how to mic your instrument, your voice, field recordings, all that. So, Shoredoc. Okay, I didn't know that you had the mic techniques. So I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Yes, Sure Audio Institute is where you can find all those fun training opportunities. Sure Audio Institute. Yes. Okie dokie. Laura, thank you very much for one more time for spending all your time on Tube Talk with us and really giving us the education. I apologize if these questions were very basic, but this is the kind of stuff we flooded with, and I want to make sure that everybody levels up their audio. It really makes that much of a difference. So thank you again for your time. Thank you for having me. Happy to do it. Fantastic. And for the rest of you still listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast application. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Who else should we be speaking to? What kind of information you want to find out? And of course, feel free to share this episode with at least one other creator that you know is currently struggling with with his or her audio, having a terrible time. And this is really going to make a big difference in their life. Pay it forward because we're one happy creator community after all. We'll catch you guys on the next episode of Tube Talk. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk, brought to you by vidIQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash Tube Talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.